So we just have to do better um, how we process our, our own parenting. Um, you know, what standards are we trying to reach? What are the kids getting out of it? You know, how, how, how do we see that? How is it reflected? Then, you know, that could kind of be the barometer of how we judge, you know, the direction we're going with our parenting. So, you know, in a nutshell, you know, some the bad is there and, and I'm trying to mitigate that and, and make sense of it, find some understanding of, of why I do things. And if, if there's something wrong with it and, and if I can take a unbiased approach to it and it's okay, kind of discern, you know, and having a discerning approach approach to it then I think you know we can we can move in a better direction I think the kids will get a better childhood experience a better young adult experience having a father that's very cognizant and very aware of how he's parenting parents, parents, parents. family welcome to another episode of the fatherhood village podcast the official home for proud fathers and mentors i'm dale holloway with the one and only kev hick we are your tv hosts what's happening kev how you living over there oh man i'm doing my thing brother running on fumes need to get more (laughs) sleep around here brother but i'm doing it i got you long day long day how was the weekend do anything uh special with the fam or just one of them kickback weekends uh, yeah, man, we, we we did our thing this weekend, man. Uh, it was a special weekend because of the things, uh, not Thanksgiving, but I say Thanksgiving. Um, the ho- <laughs> Almost. Ho- yeah, right. Halloween, man. So we we passed out candy for Halloween. Uh, my son didn't go trick-or-treating. He's six. He loved trick-or-treating. He was the Flash. I was a vampire. Mommy was, I don't know, she was Morticia or, or a witch or I don't know what the hell she was. <laughs> but she was fine, though. And, uh, you know, we just passed out candy. It really wasn't no kids came. It was kind of disappointing. It was only four groups of kids. One of the groups was a bunch of look like college kids. Looked like they was about to go take their ass to vote after they was done off mm. my porch. Just, <laughs> but shit, we still had candy over. I was giving out two and three bags to everybody because I was giving bags out because it wasn't enough people. I was giving whole bags of candy out. Right, so. letting, letting it go, yeah. Yeah, but man, we we did that. And, um, actually, we had set up a Halloween party, and my wife decorated the whole house on Halloween themes, and we danced and played with our sons. And hell, they didn't know no more. They, you know, they wasn't no worse for it. Man, they had a ball. We we played all kind of games in the house and made it just a just a family party. And so my son got what he needed. You know what I'm saying? Just the experience and and, and more memories. You feel me? For sure. For sure. I feel that, man. Yeah, we we actually didn't even. I guess follow the script as far as Halloween went today. We just, you know, like I said, before we went on, we just went to little jumpoline park. Um, I had a, this guy I know out here, um, his, his wife is, is pretty good friends with, with my wife. So uh, we kind of, you know, planned this all out and to get the kids out the house because, you know, after, you know, once this COVID thing dropped, it wasn't a whole lot of action anywhere outside of playing at the park or in your backyard or things of that nature. So um, we're like, hey man, let's, let's, let's do something. 
um, and get these kids outside of these walls, you know, let them be kids, let them jump around, get that energy out. And they enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's hard for them to have a bad time there. So I yeah. uh, spent a couple hours there, man. And, um, you know, like you said, man, creating those memories. Uh, so that definitely a lot of fun, but, but Hey family, again, thank you for checking out yet another episode. Um, if, if you haven't listened to our episode yet, uh, or any of our episodes that we have on our catalog, um, you're in for a real treat. Uh, you can find a lot more of our con our content on IG. Uh, we're at the fatherhood village and, uh, we're on Twitter at real TFV. So for this episode, this is the 29th episode. We're getting into, are we just like our parents? That's today's topic. All right, Dale. So before we continue, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Let's get checked. Listen, fellas, low testosterone can cause muscle loss, erectile dysfunction, reduced sex drive, fatigue, obesity, and symptoms of depression. So if you're having trouble making gains at the gym, putting it down in the bedroom, maintaining adequate energy levels, staying lean, having mood issues, you could in fact have low testosterone. I can say from experience that Let's Get Checked makes getting tested easy with next day delivery. You just receive your test, send it off, and get your results in two to five days. Get your testosterone levels checked today at trylgc.com forward slash TFV. Again, that's trylgc.com forward slash TFV. The coupon code TFV gets you 30% off in the checkout. As men and as leaders, we gotta be fully functional out here. The array of home health test kits available from Let's Get Checked makes staying on top of your health easy. So check it out, guys. The link's in the description. Now let's get back into this conversation. Uh, a couple bullet points. One being, what parental habits or styles have we adopted from our parents, whether it be good or bad? Um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and the next one being, would it benefit us to have an outside opinion or perspective from our parents or other trusted slash credible family members? You know, should we kind of remain open to criticism or some advice or should we just do our own thing and not even worry about a whole lot of, um, you know, a lot of extra commenting and, and, and other things of that nature. So uh, we'll dive right into it. So the good and bad, some, some things that we picked up, man, um, I'll, I'll start real quick. So, you know, if, if you haven't heard any other episodes, so my story, obviously we have polarizing stories as far as coming up and being raised. So I had two sets of parents and my stepfather was, was around more than my dad. Not, I don't want to say that incorrectly. So both of my parents obviously remarried. Uh, my mom had me most of the time. She had, uh, you know, primary custody. So I would only see my father, you know, a couple, couple of times every couple of weeks. So I was around my father, my, my stepfather more often. So a lot of what I picked up naturally came from how he raised me and, and how things went in the household with him around. And my mother, you know, she allowed him to discipline me. Um, she didn't really get in the way of a lot of things. Uh, whether I liked it or not, you know, I'm looking at my mom like, bro, what you just going to let dude talk to me or, you know, it wasn't, I'm not going to say it was, you know, it was, it was evil or he was, you know, overstepping his boundaries. I mean, it was a, it was a couple of little run-ins as I got older, but um, that was those adolescent years. 
and, you know, you, and you think you're, you're, you're big enough to step to the plate, you know what I'm saying? You're you feeling like you're a nice. man. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it was some small little run-ins, you know, down the line, but, you know, I can see now that, you know, how I speak to my kids more or less is from how he spoke to me. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit more stern, a little more, more direct, but I try to, I try to balance that and add more elements from what my father was like. He was more of, he was more diplomatic. He wanted to sit down, speak and, and have a conversation. He didn't want to whoop me all the time. He was, I mean, he might only whoop me, you know, less than a handful, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, he wanted to understand, hey, you know, he had more of the patience because he didn't see me as often. That's kind of what I think, but I'm not saying, yeah. I'm not saying that it would have been a whole lot of different, you know, a whole lot of difference to that if I was around him. I just think his tolerance level was much higher because he didn't deal with it on a, a day in and day out basis. So, you know, and I tried to, I try to capsulate that and, and, and remind myself like, hey, there's another way to go about this. And as much as I don't want to be just like my stepfather, I, you know, I've seen some flaws, some errors, some things that, you know, I want to do differently. It doesn't always naturally come across in, in the first time that way. You know, sometimes I got to dial back and say, wait, uh-oh, uh-oh, you know, I'm going a little too far. Or, hey, I should have said that differently. My tone's off. And then, you know, I'm like, ah, oh, man, I'm, I'm acting like him. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I had to catch myself. So it's, you know, with me, it's, it's about taking, you know, the good. And obviously you're not gonna be the perfect parent. There's gonna be some things that you wish, like, you know what, if I knew a little bit better, or if I took my time with this, maybe a different result, or I would have felt better about doing it this way. It's, it's gonna happen. Like, that's not what we're looking to do is be perfect because there's no such man, there's no such woman. So we just have to do better. Um, how we process our our own parenting, um, you know, what standards are we trying to reach? What are the kids getting out of it? You know, how 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 do we see that? How is it reflected? Then you know that could kind of be the barometer of how we judge, you know, the direction we're going with our parenting. So you know, in a nutshell, you know, some the bad is there, and and I'm trying to mitigate that and and make sense of it, find some understanding. Of, of why I do things and if, if there's something wrong with it and, and if I can take a unbiased approach to it and say, okay, kind of discern, you know, and having a discerning approach approach to it, then I think, you know, we can, we can move in a better direction. I think the kids will get a better childhood experience, a better young adult experience, having a father that's very cognizant and very aware of how he's parenting. But go ahead, kid, what you got? I think uh, you hit the nail on the head as far as, um, you know, the gift of it all is, is you, you know, as a father, you know, what makes you great is that you are able to judge yourself and critique yourself in that moment and not just critique yourself and say, oh, well, nobody's perfect, fuck it, but actually do something about it. Figure out how to be great, formulate a plan, strategize, use some tact, employ some different uh, skill sets that maybe you don't, you don't have or, or they don't come as naturally, but you know you can develop, right? Like, that is the goal and that's the superpower for a father who, who's great versus a, a, a shitty father is a shitty father is, you know, he's unadjusted. He, he's unwilling to make adjustments. 
Um, and you know, he, it's, it's really rigidity that starts to affect the child as opposed to, you know, parenting, love, care, nurturing, and all of these other things. Right. So for me, I can say that I've, I've, I love, I've always liked to think that I've taken the best of every person that has something to do with my upbringing. And, you know, you know, me, you do have different backgrounds, but I had a stepfather from 13 to, uh, I guess 18 till I moved out. Um, it was just, I had lived without a father for every year before that. So it didn't really, you know, didn't really matter as much by that point. I was who I was. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can say I, I am, I do have some things in common with my mother, the way that she's talked to us, the way that she uh, handled certain adversities. You know, my mom was very sweet. She was very loving. Um, she had, a, you know, her alcoholism and, you know, her addiction, but she was always a lover, you know, to, to us. And really she would raise hell, but she do that sober. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My mama is, is the type that will cuss your ass out and not think nothing of it. In fact, she's trying to figure out how to cuss you out worse than you've ever been cussed out in your life. <laughs> she's going to, I've watched my mama moon people. I've watched my mama tell them the S S M D. I watched mm-hmm. her uh, call people. The way she calls a person a bitch is legendary. The way she <laughs> enunciates the I itch part of it is insane. <laughs> So I can tell you that, you know, I, I grew up in, in, in an environment that was a little bit, uh, a little bit different and may have been frowned upon by, uh, you know, people with different parenting structures and household, you know, types. But I can tell you that the, the beautiful thing about my mom's parenting was that, you know, she was honest, man. And she was, she would just say it like it was. She, my mama ain't got no room for the bullshit. She ain't gonna fluff nothing. She don't even know how to tell you in a way that's other than how she's thinking it, right? And so that gives me a gift because it makes me very genuine. People know me for keeping it real. You know, you know me since high school. People know I'm not gonna bullshit with you. I'm only, I am what I am and that's what the fuck I am, right? Mm-hmm. But when I come, when it comes to parenting, there's some challenge uh, there that, that, you know, now I'm trying to re I'm trying to adjust out. Right. Cause while I could appreciate what my mother was doing with my personality type, um, I would have naturally probably not been a bullshitter and it was just accentuated simply because she was like that as well. Um, but with my sons it's, it's, I catch myself being, you know, a little bit too blunt sometimes, or, um, you know, doing the tough love. My mom was a tough love. She, you know, she, that was her thing. She would tell you tough love. And then she'd say some tough shit. I was like, Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, you, you wore me, you know? So, <laughs> so with my son, I, I, I'm, I kind of have a tough love, uh, uh, a thing too, but what I've learned to do is balance his experience with me, um, with not only, you know, wisdom and guidance, which, you know, I'm, I'm a teacher by nature. I think I've, I've made a, a life and career out of being able to teach people complicated, um, you know, subject matters in, in, in an understandable bite-sized form. You know, I have that gift, uh, but in my parent hat, sometimes it doesn't come out first, right? So I catch myself being a little bit stern or a little bit rigid. I catch myself saying things that are kind of off the wall. And I'm, I'm funny, like I have a comical spirit. I, I like to say shit that you really ain't supposed to say because my, my sense of humor is inappropriate. So <laughs> I have to catch myself because my son's a little sensitive and my mama would not have given a damn about me if I was sensitive. She would have still mm-hmm. said what she was saying. And I have to employ some tact when I'm dealing with my son because he's a little bit more delicate in that way. Um, you know, the tough love I give him, I have to 
you know, match with affection. And, you know, I, I'm trying to strategize a balance because for me, it's all about balance. I think that there's a way to be hard and soft at the same time. You know, I kiss my son. I don't know how many times I kiss my sons. I hug my sons like to this to this day. I'm high five and I'm hugging. I tell him every day who he is, what type of man he is, and who he come from, and how much I love him. And I drop dead if I let a motherfucker fuck with him. Like I, I ain't, but that's how I'm talking to him though. I ain't talking to him like you know, Daddy loves you, and if anybody comes and makes you feel upset, you need to come and tell. Hey man, I'll fuck one of these dudes up if they fuck with you. Yeah, any one of them, one of them. And, and, but I, I don't know how to be no other way, man. I was raised by, I was raised by wolves for real. You know, my brothers was gangsters. My mama was kind of gangster. And I, I, I never, I felt, I felt like that was a, um, it was a very reassuring for me to know that the people around me was tough and to sense that toughness and to sense the sincerity and, and the danger that they were and the havoc and the, 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 the carnage that would happen if somebody came against me as a kid, it gave me confidence. And so, I want, I, as much as it might be inappropriate to cuss when you're talking to a kid, I notice I don't watch my mouth as much as one would probably want uh, a parent to watch their mouth in front of their kids. I think he just, he's, he has to know his father and he'll figure out who he is at one point. And maybe that'd be something he pick up, you know, maybe having a potty mouth or, or, you know, being a little bit too blunt, but um, he'll also remember how much his daddy hugged him, how much he kissed him, how much he encouraged him, how much he taught him, you know, how much he talked to him, how much he conversed with him and sat with him and understood him. You know, I'm as patient as I am impatient. I'm as fierce as I am soft. I am as affectionate as I am a disciplinarian. It's mm -hmm. about balance for me. I think that the worst of me and the best of me, uh, you know, all have something to offer at, at, at any given time. So, um, I don't get too far, you know, up or down or left or right. I just try to remain balanced and, and counteract any um, experience that he's had with me with an equal and opposite experience. And so, um, you know, that's kind of my, my thing is I don't, I'm not too hard on myself. I just make sure that I apply some balance that he can't say every day my dad's in my ass. Every day my dad's upset. Every day my dad's judging me. Some days we go through a whole day and all he gets encouragement and love. I'm a, I'm a coach. I'm a, I'm a friend. I'm a cheerleader. And then some days I'm in your ass and damn it, you just gonna have to feel it, figure that shit out. Your mama's go to your mama if you want some want some sympathy. Right now it's, yeah, yeah. it's in your ass, it's hustle time. Get that, you know what I'm saying? Get your man up, man. What the heck? You a man or a little mouse, man? What you doing? Mm. You know what I'm saying? You gotta figure that out. But he understands that about me. And I think that he he loves the 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 difference and and who he gets from me. You know what I'm saying? And I think that one day one uh when he's older, he'll learn to appreciate everything that I, I was to him. And he won't see it as, you know, he, he won't see me in a box of this thing or that thing because I'm so much and I'm so vast. And, you know, I take pride in being at least balanced. Uh, of course, I'm trying to fix my imperfections. Of course, I'd like to maybe not be as intense sometimes, you know. <laughs> but his mom's soft. Like, I'm trying to also counter counterbalance her. Yeah. What she's what she's doing, you know what I'm saying? I have to counter counterbalance her and then I have to counterbalance myself. And I feel like I found the perfect uh level of ferocious uh and, and gentle and, and peace and war and you know and kindness and, and disciplinary and impatience and, and you know, just this like all of it. I'm just trying to get to the middle and I think um that's that's gonna be a benefit to him. Um, you know, so mm -hmm. But yeah, like my mama, I cuss my fucker out. I, I, I might say something, and it's like, oh, I should. I'm sorry. I, I, let me let me rephrase that, sir. Yeah, um, yeah. Son, <laughs> got you, got you. Powerful man. Appreciate that. Um, 
So obviously the rigidity is is from your mother, the cutthroat, you know, straight yeah. to the point, no, no extra, just we right to it. Um, so I like you said, with your brothers picking up a lot of the slack that was that was left behind. Um were they a lot like your mother too, or was it was a whole nother dynamic, or was it it was a kind of like another part of the spectrum that they they offered as brothers, big brothers to you? So they they were more protective and they were obviously more intimidating just being men and being so much older. So it wasn't like I was testing them. So it was certain things that they wouldn't even get from me just because I wasn't trying to get slapped. I remember one time I came out rapping Bound Thugs and Harmony to my brother because I thought he was cool. He was a gangster. He'd, he'd appreciate me knowing all the lyrics to Bound Thugs yeah. and Harmony. <laughs> yeah. And I got to one of them quick. Hey, man, he slapped the shit out of me, man. I never forget. I was five years old rapping that bald shit. And he was like, sir? He was like, he was like, nigga. Slap. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay, I guess I so so I can't rap it to you. Right. We, he understood real quick. Yeah. Yeah, we're we, we not there yet. Cool, cool. I got it. I got it. Yeah. And then he hugged me and kissed me and we went back to yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like all of them yeah. had that. All of them could be ferocious, could be violent, but then be cool. You know what I'm saying? And they they the violence was to protect the family. You know, it wasn't ever used against the family. Everybody was just you know, they was about what they stood for, you know what I'm saying? And they wanted to make me feel protected. So, you know, what I got from them was was my fearlessness, was my courage. I always felt like I could get anybody touched. You know how you know how, yeah. you know how crazy that feel if you know you can get any adult's ass whooped if you want to. Like nice. that was deep. You know, yeah. and I, I put I pushed that red button a couple of times, you know. So okay. I feel like that bat phone. Yeah. It, yeah, but it was necessary, <laughs> you know. Mm. But I it just made me, it made me value, you know, my mom's toughness, you know, to see them and see the toughness that she had still in them. Cause she was whooping a whole lot more ass uh, when she was raising them. My mom never whooped me. She whooped their ass every day. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like she, mm -hmm. she was, I was like, what she gave me was the censored made for television version, the radio. Oh, you know okay. what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She used to whoop my brothers every, every day. He, she used to whoop my brother's ass every day before work. Cause she knew he was going to do something. <laughs> Straight up, he got a he got a pre work ass whooping. He didn't even have to. You know, he just said, "Come on, get your ass whooping, boy, because I know you're gonna do something." Like, or or this or this for the shit that uh that you got away with it. I don't know about. And that's exactly. <laughs> but I know you got away with. It. Yeah, that's exactly what she used to say. Yeah, and he but she was right, man. She kissed it, bro. He was he was like that, you know. But um, she I got the tame version of my mother, you know. So they was like, "Boy, you got it so easy," you know. And then they started seeing what she's still with, dealing with addiction. They started figuring out that maybe my my role wasn't as easy you know what i'm saying but mm -hmm. it was different you know so my brothers did they could they picked up a lot of slack they made me feel a sense of value and a, a, a sense of belonging uh and i felt always always felt protected you know so i, I never had a reason to really flash out or do anything stupid but gotcha. you know their their discipline was 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 uh pretty stern too i remember my one brother used to make me hold a book on my head if i if i got out of line he'd say balance this book on your head and he knew I'd get mm. tired. And when you fucking drop that book, slap. Yeah. And so you got all this time to think about it while you hold this book on your head <laughs> trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kangaroo court. You know, a 14-year-old trying to discipline a seven-year-old, he's going to get creative. He ain't going to mm -hmm. just do it the normal way. Mm -hmm. But shit, man, I, I've never resented them for, for none of that toughness. You know what I'm saying? Making me fight in the projects. Till damn it, I ran out of kids to fight. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Wow. Yeah. Not my son won't have to go through a lot of that because I was being raised by 
kids and teenagers and young adults, you know what I'm saying? Mm. And so my son is going to have a very, very tame uh, upbringing as compared to mine. And I don't know if that's good or bad because I think about that when I do feel like, man, I, I should have applied more tact in, in this particular day. And I'm like, wait a minute, I would have been in the projects fighting three kids in a row right now. I would, yeah. You know what I'm like I, <laughs> my trauma is, is so, so, so far beyond whatever he might experience with me as a father that, you know, I just, it, I guess I ain't perfect and I got some shit going on, but I feel like I'm giving him a great experience as compared to what I got. And he'll look back on his childhood and know that he was protected, know that he was loved, know that he was cared for, and know that he had everything given to him uh, by a man who sacrificed everything to give it to him. You know what I'm saying? So I yes, think sir. he'll he'll understand it because it's as much love as it is rigidity and discipline. Absolutely. That's what it's about. Yes, sir. Um, as we slide into the next topic, you kind of brought up a good point, and I'm sure we'll hit this even more. So based on your children, <clears throat> um, how you how you get to know them, understand them, um, that has a lot to do or should have a lot to do with how you parent, right? Because mm -hmm. if, if, if two things aren't commuting, one, you know, it's like if the child isn't getting the com right. communication isn't there. It's like you're continuing to pound on something that's, you know, there's some type of blockade, there's a barrier. And if you're unable to, you know, creatively um, and in, in, ingenuitively, if that's even a word, but. Right. And, and like you said, to go back with your word tactful, um, if we're not tactful about uh, how we, how we proceed in teaching and learning and, and, and loving and, and uh, 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 adopting the patience necessary to, to raise them and give them the best opportunity and, and, and as far as development, um, I think that's a, a disservice. Like if we're not, if we're not adjusting, if we're, you know, it's kind of like troubleshooting, you know, right. and you know, you got a wiring issue, you're trying to shoot wires, you shooting pins and, you know, the ohms and resistance is wrong. Okay, we got to check this other, you know, wiring system out and we got to follow the diagram. So we, you know, it may not be that meticulous, but we really have to like step back. Okay, all right, so that mm -hmm. that's not working. I'm gonna be here right. all day trying to explain myself or tell them and like, maybe my communication is flawed. Maybe something I'm doing is incorrect mm -hmm. because they're not me. We got to understand, okay, this, this small child, it's not a duplicate of myself. It's a lot right. of similarity, but it's a whole different person. So mm -hmm. how it was brought to us, it can't always, you know, you know, be given to them the same exact way, right. untouched, unstepped on, you know what I mean? So <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we gotta, we gotta understand that. And um, I think that's, that's how we move forward. But with the, with the next talking point, would it be, or excuse me, would it benefit us to have an outside opinion or perspective from our parents or other trusted or credible family members? Should we you know, remain open and available to criticism and advice, um, someone notifying us of, of possible blind spots, something that we may not account for or spend a whole lot of time dissecting and unpacking? how much of us should be available to that and how much should we be like, you know what, how about you go parent whoever you need to parent and I worry about mine. 
I think um, that depends very heavily on how involved they are with your child or with your household, how close knit the family is. Um, you know, to your last point, exactly all of that, right? You always have to make sure that the, the message is being gotten by the child. You can't be so rigid in what you're doing that you can't make the adjustment necessary to get the message through. But with that said, um, you know, as far as taking other people's advice and outside advice, the, the parent's first responsibility is to ascertain how uh, their child is learning what messages touch them, how they receive the messages, what language do they speak emotionally, right? Uh, you know, it's not just verbal, it's emotionally, energetically, like what, what really touches them, what method gets the point across to them because they don't hear things as we say them, right? Mm -hmm. And so um, making those adjustments as a father or as a parent in general is the first priority. The thing is knowing that kid knowing yourself, uh, managing yourself, checking yourself at all times, and then trying to figure out how to then, you know, con contort your message in such a way that your, your child can understand it is all a job in itself, right? And you, you have full awareness and you are in the know and you have all the information. And if you're a good parent, you're still like, damn, did I do that right? Sometimes, <laughs> right? Like you're still mm -hmm. like, oh, did I do that right? Because in all my in all my rigidity and all my affection and all all of the, the highs, lows, ups and downs of who I am as a dad, I'm doing that with all of the information and I'm adjusting. I'm always making adjustments. I'm always making adjustments because you want that. But at the same time, when somebody come and tell me, hey, you did this and so you should have did this with him instead. That would be valuable if you had half the information I have. But I know me, I know my weaknesses, I know my flaws, I know where I'm failing, I know where I'm succeeding. Then I know him, I know his intrinsic needs, I know his emotional needs, I know his sensitivity level, right? I know when he stops listening, I know when he's breaking down, I can look at him and tell if he's happy or if he's trying to look happy and he's sad, right? right. I have all the information uh, on top of, I'm not to shit on my people, but you know, my family isn't known for the best greatest parents in the world. It's a lot of addiction <laughs> in my family. I don't even know who mm. I would turn to and say, hey, what should I do about this? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I, yeah. It, we, our generation is really breaking some generational curses because we don't, there's not a lot of history of, you know, we got some dysfunction going on. So, mm. you know, not nothing against my mom or my aunts or any, you know, body, but we haven't seen, you know, the type of you know, parenting that you say, oh, okay, you're 100% perfect. Let, let's figure out what you got going on or 90% even, you know, we've seen a lot of flawed shit going on. And so, you know, I could, I could, I could pick out some good parents in my family. You know, uh, I'm not saying that they don't exist, but they're also not involved in my child's life. So, okay, you were a good enough parent to this cousin that I have. I can tell that maybe they had a decent enough upbringing, but, but you don't know my kid. What can right. you tell me about how to parent my kid? You don't know what their needs are. Right. You don't know what he means or you don't know what his intention is when he does it, this thing or that thing. It doesn't you know? correlate. Yeah. Yeah. Not at all. So uh, most of the time outside opinions aren't as useful simply because they, they don't have the awareness or the, um, or the inside information. Um, now a parent can be there and not apply any of that inside information. And then anybody's advice is probably better than a shitty parents. 
But if you have a parent who's making those adjustments, like we always talk about, and you have a parent who's who's concerned about their job and the job they're doing at all times, and you know, while we can both admit our flaws, we we both obviously know that our flaws are a very small percentage of the experience that we give our child, right? We understand that these flaws are something that are magnified by us and you know to us because we we want to move them away from our child. We want to be perfect, but we can't save our child from tribulation, from, from hardships, from, you know, the, the, the grains that will get in their eye. Like life is hard, man. And I think you can be such a great parent that you create weakness in your child. And me, as I observe the weaknesses that lay in my child already, um, his intrinsic weaknesses, right? Sometimes I parent him in ways that uh, might build some some callousness around that right so he can protect themselves or he, he's not yeah. as susceptible there's a quote that says weak men create hard times hard times create strong men strong men create good times good times create weak men right and it's a circle so you don't want to be too great and you also don't want to be too weak like there's there's such a balance in everything we present uh to our children and to ourselves that if i'm a great man which i like to think i am and I'm creating an experience for my child. I can be so great that I create a weakness in him, that I create him to be weak because I haven't prepared him for life, uh, for life to traverse the, the landscapes of life, right? So I, I have to have some flaws. There has to be some rigidity. There has to be some roughness, some rough terrain. He has to have some something to overcome in some way, right? And right. What I, my job is as a father is to select that thing and make sure that strategically the things he encounters are going to build him up. And I'm not, and I'm there to support him that whole time and that he doesn't have to be protected from me, right? Yeah. But from life, right? He won't need protection right. from daddy, but he will need protection from the things that daddy's trying to figure out how to employ in a way that gives him just enough of it that he he knows how to deal with it when it comes, when I'm not holding his hand walking down the hallway anymore, when he's too old to come and say, hey, dad, 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 can you help me? Mm-hmm. He needs to know how to to traverse these things. And so some of my toughness is because I, I sense a weakness in him at this thing or that thing, or too hypersensitive in this way or that way, right? You can't be crying at work because you didn't get your motherfucking toy or, you know what I'm saying, like that. Yeah. In, in adulthood, if, if, if I nurture that shit, then I create a man who's unstable emotionally, right? So I'm always thinking about the long-term emotional implications of the words I use and the words I choose as compared to my wife, right? Offering balance. I'm always concerned about, you know, whether or not I buy the toy or not buy the toy, you know, as compared to what my wife is going to buy or not buy, how often she does this or that thing. I'm trying to create a balanced young man who can be disappointed and still keep going, who won't stop, who won't quit, who won't fold, who also can love others without cause or without need and without something something to gain from it, right? Like we, right. so much we're trying to give the person that we're building, not just survival skills, but but character, intention, integrity, passion, and purpose. All of that shit matters. And so our flaws contribute as much as our gifts to our children as long as we are constantly managing what we provide them and that there is balance there. Exactly. Great points, great points. Um, and I wanted to speak to one that you brought up that we continue to kind of, it, it kind of applies everywhere mm-hmm. when it comes to knowing that your child is going to face the real world, is going to 
you know, have their own problems throughout life. They have their own life to live. And we have to, um, in stages and phases, kind of allow them to make their own mistakes, uh, allow them to have, like you said, their, their own trials and tribulations. We can't, you know, always fight for them, speak on their behalf, tie their shoes, write their name, all, all of these things, you know, balance. I, I was going to say a checkbook, but, you know, checks ain't really <laughs> out here. Like, <laughs> you feel me? But all these different things that they're going to encounter um, and, and, you know, they, they have to understand, like, like, for instance, obviously we're not going to be able to foresee every small thing that could possibly go wrong. So I think with that, as they learn with us, they have to understand how to carry these same life principles, these examples, these scenarios that happen with daddy, with mommy, you know, problems are going to continue to happen. You know, it's perpetual. So how do you take from what you learned before and apply that to another future scenario, a, a, a future instance, you know? So, and another big thing is like you had said before, having that emotional intelligence because we can't always tell them how to react to something. You can't always be there to say, hey, man up on this, but maybe take this a little easier or, mm-hmm. you know, don't cry on this, but but maybe you should have some time alone with, you know, they gonna have to discern and, and, and realize that and understand, okay, what's best for them, you know, once they, you know, become a young adult and, and, and up to their, you know, older years in life. So, but now nah, that's, that's that's big, man. You you want to say something else? Yeah, I was just saying, you know, they're they're gonna make their own adjustments, even to you. I've mm-hmm. noticed that my son used to be a lot more sensitive to certain things from me, right? And when I see him, when I see him respond now, I'm like, yes, right? Because I like I want that. I want I want to see that evolution, and it's it's not about you know, muting parts of him or, or stumping on his, his growth or evolution. You know, it's literally, it's about fortifying his defenses and making sure that he can, he can adequately enough accept disappointment. You know, I, I'm, I'm a person who coaches a lot of people, a lot of broken people and a lot of people who are breaking in, in, in real time. And what I've noticed is a lot of people don't have the skill set to manage disappointment. Right. And children learn how to manage disappointment through the direct uh, parenting style of, uh, of their parents. And, um, you know, you have, to, you have to create and expose them to against very strategic levels of adversity um, in strategic areas so that they can learn how to not get their way and still be okay and still function, right? They, they will be told no in, in real life. When you're told no in this house, you're gonna you're gonna stand up like a man and take that shit, right? You gonna or you gonna sit your ass in the corner until you want to stand up like a man. But we're gonna get this man shit back in here. You know what I'm saying? Like we're gonna do the man shit because again, I could I could say, oh, understand. You have a right to feel sad. You do, and I have a right to put your ass in the corner until you want to act like you got some damn sense. So we can do this the easy way or the hard way. But you gonna man up about this shit. You understand that? Because somebody somewhere is gonna tell you no. They're gonna tell you hell no. They're going to be with emphasis, right? Mm-hmm. And what you going to do? You can't kill them. You can't go crazy on them. 
You can't, you, what are you going to do? We've seen adults who can't, uh, who can't process disappointment. They be serial killers and shit. They be mass murderers. They shoot up the fucking school. They doing all this dumb shit because they never learned how to get told no. They never learned how to get told, man, shut the fuck up, man. Yeah. Right. They never, they never learned how to just not be the priority in a room. They never learned how to be ignored for a little while or not fit in or feel awkward or, you know what I'm saying? Like they, I don't want my son to ever feel like he's not good enough. And so I always, I always tell him, who are you? Who are you? Yeah, I'm a God, I'm a King. I'm, I mean, we got a whole thing, maybe. Mile long, boy, he know who he is. He yeah. feel good about himself. And I put him in way, in places and opportunities to challenge him so that he can prove to himself who he is. And that's the difference, right? I, I can tell him who he is, but I, he needs to show him who he is. And so that's why we do all these extra things so that when he does what, I, what daddy told him he's capable of, he starts to believe, damn, I am that. Daddy ain't bullshit. He, I, I am a king. I am right. a lion. I am brave. I am courageous. I am unstoppable. Look at this thing that I thought would stop me and it don't. But again, you know, that's intelligence parenting. If, you, if you're not applying that emotional intelligence, if you're not applying that strategy, you know, I don't care how much advice you get from somebody who don't live in your damn house. I don't care how, how perfect you are at following the, the societal rules of what a perfect parent is. You will raise a marshmallow <laughs> because you don't have balance and balance is key. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a whole nother episode right there <laughs> as, <laughs> as far as handling emotional intelligence with, with your children, man. And it seemed like, you know, with all these blogs and articles and books, it's just almost like nobody really keeping it real and, and, and letting them know and, and understand that, hey, it's nobody going to be soft and delicate with you in these streets, man. No. That's, that's not how it's going to get down. No. Um, but Like I said, we, we soft after we get that man shit out the way, but we're going to be men first, and then we're yeah. going to come back to it and be soft and be affectionate, but we're going to get that man shit out the way first. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Absolutely, man. Um, yeah, we covered a lot. Uh, confronting old ways uh, with new understanding. And like I said, I, I think fatherhood is forever evolving. Uh, yeah. When, you know, when it comes to just how it, how it should be approached by anyone that's a father. You know, like what you have going on right now in your fatherhood, it's going to be different in a few years because they're going to need different things from you. Yep. You know, and you got to, you know, change the playbook up a little bit. Um, yeah. And then, you know, indirectly, we're influencing and affecting the sequential generations, our son's son, our son's right. children and our daughter's right. children, things of that nature. So what, you know, we put out there in the atmosphere and the energy that we're giving, um, it, it comes it comes back around. Like I said, you know, the, the, the topic of the, of the podcast, man, how much are we really you know, like our parents. So this is, is going to resurrect, you know what I'm saying? And, and yeah. it's up to us to know like, Hey, you know, are they taking, is it more good that they're taking um, than the bad, you know what I'm saying? So, yeah. So long, like I said, they can, they can process those things adequately. You know, we're moving in the right direction. So yeah. any, any, any last little, little, little tidbits you want to add before we, before we wrap up? Uh, I always just, um, I always just think about, you know, my experience, you know, growing up and I, I would imagine he could have worse parents than me. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> of course. And, and I think that all of us at some point kind of have moments where we're disappointed in ourselves or how we handled this thing or that thing. And, you know, for me, I always just remember how, how he could be living as compared to, you know, how he is living. And, you know, I, sometimes I just got to give myself a break. And then other times I got to put a foot in my own ass. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, just be self-governed and really commit to, to you know, taking action when necessary to correct yourself, man. But yeah, uh, we we are kind of like our parents, whether or not we like it a lot of times, just Mm -hmm. hope that you got the good part. And I think that my (laughs) mom was affectionate as hell. We danced when she was drunk, we sang, we hugged, and she was just always so wonderful and so affectionate, drunk or sober. And so I've gotten that part from my mom the most. Um, and so I'm, I've kissed, I don't even know how many times I've kissed my son today. Both of them. I just, my yeah. damn lips should be chapped. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, just, yeah. I just make there sure I, I love them, man. And I hug them and I hold them and they be crawling on me like ants. And that tells me that, you know, they love me back. You know what I'm saying? So as Absolutely. long as he's not fearful of me, as long as he's not, uh, avoiding of me, as long as he's running to me and he's joyful and he lights up when he sees me, you know, and I, and I feel like I'm earning that every day with the pain, with the father I am and with what I'm teaching him and guiding him with, you know, sometimes that's all we can hope for is man to just be proud of the father, the fatherhood, you know, job that we doing for our kids. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, man, another, another good one in the books, man. Uh, Hey, listeners go love on your kids, man. It, 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 cause it can never be too much of that. You know man? Got to embrace that. You can never take your fatherhood privilege for granted. So uh, if you haven't already, followers, all our supporters, please rate us, drop a, drop a, you know, a little five-star for us, man. If, if you feeling like it, man, give us a review. Let others know that you've, uh, you've had a good time enjoying our show. You, you know, what we, what we're saying, our messages are clear. They're concise. You know, we're, we're influencing a, a lot of good thought and a lot of good conversation. And, you know, we want fatherhood to continue in a positive trajectory. So if you with that, you rocking with us, please let let all your peoples know, share us on social media, man, and, and continue to rock with us. We appreciate your support. So as always, we're on IG at the Fatherhood Village and we're on Twitter at Real TFV. Without further ado, I'm your host, Dale Holloway. That's Kev Hick. Peace and love. Peace and love.